Are you an ambitious creative, but maybe struggle with overthinking everything, perfectionism, doing what you said you were going to do? Listen, I get it, especially when you go into the online space to share your art, your work, your services, your products, all the things. It can be super intimidating and overwhelming with all the different things, all the different lanes that you could go in. I really, really believe that we don't need to maybe learn more. I think we need to take more action on what we already know we should be doing. That is why we created Unconventional Leaders Academy. It is a bi-weekly mastermind call where we jump on Zoom with one another, hold each other accountable, call out the greatness in each other. So if you want to connect with other like-minded, unconventional leaders who are going against the grain and are going to make some crazy progress this year in 2021, head over to heatherparity.com forward slash masterminds. Again, that is heatherparody.com forward slash masterminds. We'll see you over there. It needs to be quality and there needs to be something in it for the people coming to it. And there has to be a reason people come to you, right? Like mm. there has to be a reason that people come to Heather versus other shows. Um, and if you're not putting that out there, you're not standing out and you're not differentiating. Like that's a real problem. I've always felt immensely. I was born with several palsy. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. Show up to serve. That comes from today's guest, Jeremy Ryan Slate. And if this is your first time listening, what is going on? My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. You've probably heard a lot of people advise you that the best way, one of the best ways to market your products, your services, your online brand, you know what you should do, Johnny? You should be a podcast guest, right? It's becoming more and more common. People are understanding the power of podcasting. And if they don't have their own show, maybe they do. In order to get in front of new audiences, podcast guesting is an awesome, awesome tool. But here's the dealio. Here's what's going on. Everybody wants to be a podcast guest, but not everybody can be or get as many opportunities as they want. I know as a podcast host, I have a uh, lot of inquiries and all of my podcasting friends do as well. So maybe you're in the boat of like, how do I separate myself from other podcast guests and get these opportunities? Because I want to speak. I want to share my message. I want to use my voice. But in all the noise and all the different shows and all the different guests, how do I stand out? Well, friend, this is your lucky day. Jeremy Slate is the founder of Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. He studied literature at Oxford University, specializes in using podcasting and new media to create celebrity, and was ranked number one in iTunes New and number 78 in iTunes Top 100. He was named the number one podcast to listen to in Inc. Magazine in 2019, as well as being named a top influencer by Forbes. You know what Jeremy does? He and his wife help visionaries get on podcasts. Today, we have a conversation about podcasting in general and why we need to really rethink the landscape and the intention of not only getting on shows, but also too, as a creator, what podcasts are really for and how we can best utilize them. So 
We dig into how to be a better podcast guest and also a better podcast host. But before we get into this, if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share with one podcasting friend who's in your life. I know you got like 40 of them because they're beginning a podcast nowadays. So all I'm doing is asking you to share it with one. Take a screenshot, share it with a podcaster in your life. Thank you kindly. All right, y'all, let's go ahead and get into this being a better podcast guest and host with Jeremy Ryan Slate. I love this, <laughs> this, this way you described yourself on a recent interview that I heard. Uh-oh. You described yourself, and I wrote it down here, okay? So correct me if I'm wrong. I've described as, myself many ways, so I don't know. <laughs> as a super nerd. That's true. Super nerd. Can you explain to me why you are a super nerd? I am way too nerd. Like, so, so, here, so here, right before we got, we, we got on here, I was, I was doing a show for my own, a podcast for my own show, where I was interviewing somebody about the NFL and the founding of the NFL. I find like history stuff really, really, really interesting. I took Latin for 12 years. My, my master's is in ancient history. Um, so like, I love history, politics, you know, anything kind of weird and interesting. That's, that's, that's me. So I'm a, I'm a super nerd. Well, you're an, you're an academic too. Would you identify as that? I would, but I was always the weird academic too. Cause I'm like a comp- former competitive powerlifter. So like, I'd be like sitting in the front of the gl- class with my glasses on like, Hey guys, how's it going? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, for those who don't know your story, just if you briefly share you yeah. know, your transition from what you thought you would be doing to what you're doing right now. Yeah. So um, I was like I was mentioning, um, my master's is in early Roman Empire propaganda. Not a very like a marketable. Why would you pick that? What is that? What? Why? Uh, so my ancient history professor and undergrad was the coolest person I've ever met. We're still friends now. Um, he actually introduced me wow. to podcasting. Wow. Um, he looks like Neil Patrick Harris, sounds like Neil Patrick Harris. And that was my history class every day. It was the coolest class ever. And it like, like too, like he, he just like dropped some things that you're like, wait, did he just say that? Like he was very mm-hmm. funny. Um, so I was always interested in that class. So I'm like, you know, I want to do an ancient history master's and my university didn't have an ancient history master's program because I stayed at the same university for grad school and undergrad. So they basically let me design my own major. And I had read, read this article, um, called, uh, Augustus at Actium and, uh, Emperor Augustus kneels before the body of Alexander the Great and starts venerating it. I'm like, that's really weird. So I wanted to find out why that happened. And I actually traced um, that moment through Augustus's entire career. And I found out that he basically was trying to convince people he was God through the propaganda he created around Alexander the Great. So it was extremely interesting stuff. And that's I created my own major. That's how I got there. Interesting. So <laughs> I am the complete opposite of you. And when I was hearing, <laughs> I, I, and I mean, I don't mean this like in a, in a putting myself down way, but yeah. honestly, I struggle being like academically doing well. I just struggle. No. Okay. There's a long story there, but well, I didn't ever said my grades were amazing. <laughs> I just said I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, but you sound smart to me, right? And Oxford and all this stuff. But anyway, this is the thing is I, I feel like there's a, a lot of these stories that we hear are people who didn't do well in school, didn't really, yeah. you know, excel in that way. And they switched into entrepreneurship doing their own sure. thing. But it seems as though, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you were doing well and you could have made something, you know, of yourself, at least in the academic field, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know what you kind no, of No, I, I, I could have. I just wasn't very happy doing it. Like when I got mm. out, um, I applied to one PhD program because you want to teach at college level and you need a PhD. Yeah. Um, and I applied to NYU. I didn't get in. Like if you really wanted that, you feel like you like would have applied to more programs, like, you know, worked a little bit harder at it. Sure. And I just kind of like, all right, you know, what do you do from here? So I actually ended up um, managing a gym at night and painting houses during the day. So I was working about 17, 18 hours a day. And I ran into a friend in my family that was like, hey, you know, the private school I work at is looking for teachers. So I ended up actually teaching high school with no, no formal training, no idea how to manage a classroom. So like, you know, two years into this, I like wanted to die. Like it was horrible because it's like 40 kids in a room, like 
you know, Snapchat had just become a thing. So like, (laughs) like we didn't have flip phones when I was in school. So like, you know what I mean? So like, it was like very weird of like every single day they would try to push you to see if they could get you on video and stick you on YouTube. And that was my day. (laughs) So like, I just wasn't very happy doing it. And then in 2012, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke and it kind of like made me like think about like, you know, my mom's still with us, luckily, um, though she is very disabled at this point. It made me kind of look at, you know, like, do I want to be doing this the rest of my life? Mm. I'm miserable. I didn't think I was good at it or whatever. So I went through like a bunch of different things before I kind of came back around to teaching in a very different way, because that's really what as podcasters, what we do, right? Like we become the ultimate student to actually be a teacher, which is very interesting. Out of all the things you tried, why did you land here in podcasting and talking about, you know, your authority and your branding online? What was it about this space that you're like, that's it? So I've loved podcasts for a really long time. I mentioned Me that, co- that college professor. Um, I started listening to podcasts in 2009 or somewhere around there. <gasps> I walked into his office and he's listening to what sounded like a Z100 morning show. And he's like, oh, this is called No Agenda. They make fun of the news. So that and I still listen to that podcast today. They're like 13 years into it. That was kind of my first um, exposure to podcasting. And also during that time, it was a lot of audiobooks that were in the public domain. Mm-hmm. So like that was early podcasting. So I loved podcasting, but I tried a bunch of different things that I failed at. So I started podcasting because I really couldn't fail at it early on. Right. Like sure. it was just my own perspective, whether I was doing well or not well at it. So that's really how I ended up there. Like I failed at network marketing. I failed at selling life insurance. I failed at private labeling and selling products on Amazon because I left my get my product for $1 promo code on my listing and lost all my products in 20 minutes. So like I had just kind of screwed everything up. So I started working at a friend's marketing firm. I had taught myself how to build websites from, uh, you know, actually code websites from watching YouTube videos. So I started a podcast just like as a hobby and like as an outlet and it, it took off. It really took off early on. What, what do you love doing right now? Is it helping people launch and grow their shows or getting people on podcasts? So we at Command Your Brand, we really position ourselves as the PR firm for the podcast space. We really help big achievers to get on the right podcast and tell their story in the right way and also teach with content repurposing. So that's really what we're passionate about. Mm -hmm. But ultimately myself, like I'm still, you know, the super nerdy podcaster. And I think that's a lot of what's helped our company to, to do things in the way that we've done them because we try to respect the integrity of shows. We try to, you know, really make sure we're communicating the right way because I've tried to force in, like, I don't want us doing these things that make me unhappy as a host. You you know what I mean? So I think that perspective has really helped. At nature underscore in the tech star community. Uh, Shout out to you. That's over on Instagram. Uh, How do you separate yourself from hundreds and thousands of podcasts when anyone can have one? You just talk about the integrity of the show. And sometimes I feel like the shows have been so watered down and guests and it's just like this regurgitated thing over and over again where it's not, you know, you back in 2009, like this unique thing that you hadn't heard before. (laughs) Now it's like hundreds and thousands of shows that are literally the same guests, the same topics, doing the same thing. How do we combat that? Well, the, the first thing is really differentiating and knowing why you're doing this because, you know, you look at some of the shows out there that have been around for a long time, like Entrepreneur on Fire. The number of people that have tried to cut, John did a great job with that, but the number of people that have tried to rip him off is ridiculous. Yeah. So it's, you really have to find out what you're good at, focus on that and really differentiate on that. If you haven't, like, it's not a good idea to start a show yet. Because mm-hmm. even with Create Your Own Life, I'm still very particular about who I have on because there good. has to be a level of interest in me and there has to be a level of interest for the listener. Because if I don't have the listeners, I have nobody. So that's what you really have to think about is what is the unique thing that we're discussing on this show? Mm-hmm. And you have to really just keep that in and not give up on that. But too many people are looking at, 
a podcast not as something they're creating, but they're looking at it as another channel, right? right. Um, oh, I'm going to put out this content on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter, and I'll put it on a podcast. Like, like the number of people that take a YouTube video and make it into a podcast, it's like, dude, come on. Like, if you're going to make it for what it's made for, do it for that. But, I, but I, I think there's too many people that look at this as another content repurposing channel rather than a channel to make content for, if that makes sense. <laughs> I love, I love that you said that. And I, and I understand both sides and weigh in on this because I'm a huge Gary V fan. I love Gary. Like I got a poster of him over here. I'm not even playing with you. You know, I think he can get away sometimes with just like throwing up. Um, and I hope you don't listen to this Gary, cause you're going to cuss me, but you know, throwing up these repurposed conversations that we had over here or there or whatever, and just like having like a seven day a show week. And a lot of people are doing that. And sometimes, you know, I have this conflict between, you know, I want to be more visible, mm-hmm. right. But also yeah. too, I see this not just as a podcast, but as a show, right. Yes. And producing a show is so different. And so sometimes I, I feel torn between those things of like, you know, just putting out content, putting out content, which I think there's something to be said for that, but mm-hmm. also too producing something and doing it well. Yes. That's a really good point too, because like, like I always tell people, if you're going to start a show, do one at least two days a week, you can't expect to like do a couple episodes and do well. Like you do have yeah. to have a high amount of content, like you're saying, but at the same time, like it needs to be quality and there needs to be something in it for the people coming to it. And there has to be a reason people come to you, right? Like mm-hmm. there has to be a reason that people come to Heather versus other shows. Um, and if you're not putting that out there, you're not standing out and you're not differentiating, like that's a real problem. And, and I think a lot of people just, you know, once again, they think it's just another channel to repurpose their content. Now you can repurpose your content tastefully um, if you kind of bring it in and you add some context to it or do whatever and kind of add it to the podcast in that way. But a lot of people are just like, all right, video, upload, lips in, good to go. But yeah. like, it's not like that. You know what I mean? You have to add some context for this audience and add some differentiation. Like too many people are doing the exact same thing. Mm. Do you credit that to your massive success and show growth? I, I would definitely think so because I, I've really been particular about like talking to people. It's it's funny though because it it expands, right? Like it started with people that create their own life. But when you look at that, like there's a lot of people that have like, Joe the plumber has probably created his own life, but it doesn't mean I'm interested in talking to him. What he's doing is probably very cool, but it's just mm. not, you know, for the podcast. So at the same time, like that grows, like, you know, it's become more about people that are world-class, but then you have your own tenants within that, right? Like what are the things you believe? And that is also going to go into, you know, the people you interview. Like there's certain things I believe and because of that, there's certain subjects I won't talk about. So I think in the same time, having that is also curating content. Like it's about content curation, um, not just another channel. I love that. Now your wife works with you, right? Yes. Uh, she is way smarter than me, better looking than me. And I'm very lucky to have her. I'd love to hear like what <laughs> she does and how you guys kind of integrate and sort of working together. So it's, it's interesting because um, she runs our whole booking team because she's been in the PR world um, for gosh, like 12 years now. I feel like we're old. Um, you have know, y'all been heard, married that long? Or was, was that we've been there? together. We've been together since 2009. We've been married. We've been married since 2015. So we've been together a long time working. The thing that's really great about working with my wife is like, number one, like our two worlds were very far apart. when We started, right? Like I was the history nerd. She had been in PR. You know, when I got in the podcasting space, we've kind of married like how, you know, other than marrying ourselves, um, we've married our knowledge of, you know, me with podcasting and direct response marketing to her with PR. Yeah. So we've kind of been able to bring these two things together. Um, in that way, but also at the same time, like we have really good communication where we each understand how the other person wants to receive information, what the other person needs to know. And I don't know, there's something weird about it too. Like it's hard for me to explain that. Like uh, the way I explain it is in 2013, um, my, uh, my wife was 
going for something called the Rose of Tralee. It's like the uh, Miss Universe for Ireland thing. And she's on a St. Patrick's Day parade. She has her two cousins with her that are like really young at that point in time. It's a giant crowd. Wow. And um, I suddenly have this thought. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Brielle lost the kids. And cell phones aren't working because there's too many people. So I'm walking, walking, walking. Lo and behold, I find the kids. I finally found her. And she's like, oh, my God, I lost the kids. I'm like, I found them. So like we kind of have a lot. We have this like really good communication line that we don't have to talk and we just understand each other. It's kind of woo, but it is what it is. So because of that, we're able to fill in each other's gaps really, really well. Um, I have a bit of a temper. She knows how to handle me so that I don't go off on somebody. So like some of these things are really, really important to know, you know, how you can work together in that way. What is your superpower and her superpower? If you could say it in like one sentence. Wow. Um, I'm really, really good at big think. She's really, really good at making it work. I think big, she implements it. <laughs> well, let, let's sit there for a minute. Thank you yeah. and actually implementing. I, I know everybody wants to get on podcasts right now. Yeah. We, we, we know how important that is. So we have big visionary, yeah. but actually implementing it and making it happen. What are these influencers, these visionaries really missing the boat on when it comes to getting on more shows? Mm-hmm. Gosh, what are they missing the boat on? Um, like, I think too many people, like they look at it as like another marketing channel. And I really don't look at that at all. Like, I don't look at podcasting as a marketing channel. Um, I look at it, number one, as a PR action, right? Because you're getting the know, like, and trust factor, which is really important. But at the same time, like, it's high-level networking. Like, how many people yes. as a host have you gotten to sit with that, like, you're like, oh, my yes. gosh, when would I ever talk to them? Yes. So that's one part of it. You know, where else do you have a long-form conversation that could be 30, 45 minutes where you're creating trust for an incredible group of people? Like, that's another mm-hmm. part of it. You're also creating content that you can now repurpose, right? Like you can remarket to your own audience and create attention. So I think it's the people that understand that in order to get out there in a bigger way, you have to create that know, like, and trust factor. You have to network with the right people. This is not, um, you know, it's not a Facebook ad. It's not right. a Twitter ad. It's right. not it, because here's, here's the, here's the thing. Like it's the tale of two clients. We've had two clients that were in the exact same podcast. One client had an incredible relationship and, you know, made $50,000 in sales of his product off that show. The other one was like, man, that was a horrible show. I want to replace the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's the thing. I can put you on the best podcast out there. But if you suck, you're not going to have anything happen from it. So that's that's part of the problem is the missing the missing factor. Like, yeah, if you get in front of a thousand impressions, it doesn't mean a certain number is going to convert. It's not a marketing action. It's a public relations action. It really is. How do we not suck, Jeremy? I need to know this. <laughs> You're making me nervous. I'm like, oh God, what do we well, do? No, I, you don't suck, Heather. You're awesome. But Thank I mean, you. like, I mean, like, there's, but there's some people that I, I can, I can describe the guests for, for you and, and you'll yes. know exactly what it means. Yes. They show up and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, I want to sell a hundred books from this episode. I want to get this number of clients in this episode. They get on and they want the host to just tell them how awesome they are. Right. Like, and then they, and then they wonder why people don't convert. So the, the person that gets a lot out of it is they show up and they say, okay, what was the first thing I asked you before we started this episode, Heather? How you can make this awesome. And that's how I try to show up. When you yep. show up like that and you try to service the people in front of you and give them what they need, you'll actually see some pretty cool results from it because you're actually serving the people that are there and helping the host that's there, right? Like Because the host could have anybody that they want on that show, but you need to show up to serve. And I find out so many times that people have kind of this scarcity thing when they show up and they talk about, they'll reference, you know, X page of their book or a YouTube video. They'll do that rather than explaining it. Like some of the most successful clients we've had will get on and they'll explain everything because Mm -hmm. they don't show up being scarce because they realize people need to understand how what they do works and it creates trust. 97% of people aren't going to go out there and try and do what you do because it's probably hard. So that's really the important factor is showing up to help the people in front of you. Let's say we completely screwed up. Okay. So 
This is a this goes to a question from uh, Mitzi at ZYIA dot Mitzi over on Instagram. She texts us. Side note, y'all, if y'all want to send us questions, you can. It's 501-214-4307. Just text podcast guest. But she had a great question. And I think it goes in line with what you were just saying. So we want to build trust with those listening, whether we're a guest or heck, even a podcast host. This is a very intimate setting. You get to know the person. We can give value. But when we F up, when something happens, we say the wrong thing. We, you know, maybe we're early in our game and we haven't built that skill set. Mitzi asked, and this is so good. She said, if you've lost trust, right? In the process of learning, how can you win people back or can you? Talk about that. You you know what I mean? Like that's the biggest thing. Like um, I saw somebody this morning, um, shout out to Damon Burton because I saw his Facebook post. As he put out this morning, he goes, too many people like on social media are just showing their wins, right? Like, and and I think that's the big problem Yes, is if you screw up, tell people about it. Like, hey guys, you know, I really wanted to do a great job with this. Um, I did X, Y, and Z wrong. Um, I'm trying to work on this. Like that actually creates more trust because people realize you're human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think too many times people are trying to not be human. And I think that's really, really important. So to me, you know, be willing to, let's say you're on a show and you, you know, you, you just totally blew it. Honestly, if you can find a way to contact that host and be like, Hey, you know, I am so sorry. I wanted to do blah, 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 blah for your audience. And I was nervous because, you know, this is a, a bigger show than I've been on before. And I, and I really wanted to show up to serve you. Uh, I am so sorry that like I feel like I didn't deliver. Here's the thing you may find. You may f- get feedback where that person says, oh my gosh, you were great. Don't worry about it. Or they may say, hey, you know, um, I'm willing to re-record it. If they say uh-huh. that, go for it because not many hosts are willing to re-record. But like be open and honest. It doesn't mean beat yourself up publicly, but be open and honest. And you can actually create more trust that way. Yeah. The, you, you have a very charismatic type personality and you use your voice well oh, and all you. of that. Well, and that sometimes is intimidating, right? Because maybe that's... Yeah, but you should have seen me five years ago. You know what I mean? Talk like, about I, that. I, I yeah. didn't start there. Like, like so I, my first podcast was called Rock Your Life. We had uh, 40 episodes that I did in 60 days. Um, it turns out Rock Your Life was copyrighted by somebody else. So I got a cease and desist. Ooh. And content was horrible because <laughs> it was like, first of all, like very life coachy, which I am the furthest thing from. So it just felt really? weird. Okay. Yeah, like I'm not like... Woohoo, life coachy. Like, I'm very, like, you know, cut and dry. Like, let's do this, man. Um, yeah. So, like, that's just my personality. So, like, it wasn't true to who I was. I didn't have a microphone, by the way. It was just me talking to, at that point in time, it was an iBook G4. That was before the MacBook days. Wow. So, like, it sounded like I was in, like, a garbage can, like, hey guys, I'm on a podcast. Life so, like, it was, it was just bad. You know what I mean? And, like, sometimes you have to be willing to have those learning experiences, be willing to work on it. So, for me, it's just like, continuing to do it and continuing to improve at it and also finding where I can improve at it, right? Like, so like, I've looked at people that are really great interviewers to learn how to work on my interviewing skill. Like, like one of the best interviews I ever heard was Larry King talking about how he interviews people, you know, rest, rest in peace since we did recently lose Larry yeah. King. But he talks about, and these are things that I do is he, when, if you get your follow-up question, you write it down. You mm-hmm. don't sit there and try and remember it because you're going to be ignoring the person in front of you. So like, I've, I've really listened to people that I like as interviewers and I like as hosts. And I've tried to see, how do I do more of that? Right. And it took me like 250 episodes before I felt like I was good at it. So it's just, you got to be willing to put the work in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you listen to those early episodes. Like my wife would make fun of me. She's like, wow, you say awesome entirely too much as an acknowledgement of somebody. Dude, that's awesome. Well, you know, like, you you know what I mean? Like, so like you're nervous. So you fill this, you have to fill the space with something. So like the more you do it, the better you get at it. You just got to be willing to get through it, you know? 
Absolutely. So you said that you watch other people's interviews and kind of take notes of that. Is there any other resources or ways that you develop either as a speaker or podcast host? I mean, as a podcast host, I kind of also develop my own like method for preparing for like when I'm interviewing somebody. Um, What I like to do is I like to find a uh, if they have an audio book, first of all, and it's on Audible, I'm going to get that. And I'm going to listen to that and take notes on that. Um, the other thing is I find podcasts that they were on that I really like. <laughs> and I'll listen for a few things. Like, do they hesitate? Are they short-winded when they answer something? Like, how do they communicate? Because you're going to find... And I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. I'm like, whoa, I never thought of that. So I, I'm really excited. I got to interview Mike Michalowicz the other day, who I was really excited for. Um, but Mike only gave me 25 minutes. So when you do that, you, have, you can't ask somebody open-ended questions. You have to have very pointed questions that have an explanation to them before the question even happens. So you also learn how to work with the time you're given for the guests that you're given. Mm-hmm. So like th- there's a lot that goes into preparation. That doesn't mean I pre-write every question because it's a little weird then. But right. sometimes when it's strategic, you have to. Like, like for example, I just mentioned that I interviewed um, uh, John Eisenberg about his book, The League, about the creation of the NFL back in the 1920s. Well, I had to have some very pointed historical you know, points for this guy to have a great mm-hmm. conversation. So yeah. Yeah, you you learn that preparation is really important to a great interview, and that doesn't mean pre-scripting every question. Right. What is what about being a guest? How do we sharpen that skill set? So the 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 there's three parts really to every interview, and that that doesn't mean that you're going to reckon you know uh, memorize a script. Like I've seen that done before, and that's scary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a guest on once, and I'm like, dude, are you reading? What's happening? But like, there's you know story, message, call to action. Your story is yeah. your personal story. It creates trust. Your your yeah. message is what you want to teach, and your call to action is what you want people to do at the end. Now you get those down, but you learn how to tell them through different lenses, right? Like yeah. if you're on like I'm in the health and fitness. If I'm on a health and fitness show, I'm going to talk a lot differently about what I do versus being on. Oh my gosh, if I could go on Hardcore History, I would just die. Um, like if I could go on a show like that, you would really talk differently. So you learn how to communicate about what you do and through a different lens of of what you're doing. If that makes sense, it sounds a little esoteric, sure. but if that makes sense. Sure. Sure. You, you, you had, I, I want to touch on that real quick because I was just in a clubhouse room and I'd love to hear your thoughts on clubhouse and podcasting too. But it's, they were talking about, you know, blending different uh, parts of yourself into your brand. And so you're, you have, you're, you know, we all are very, you know, dimensional. We have a lot of different parts to us. How have you kind of infused those pieces into your brand um, and ha- allowed that to use to build trust? It's something I've tried to get better with over the years because I don't think it's I was hard. initially, I, I don't think I was initially good at it because I think yeah. initially you copy people that you like, right? Like you try and do sure. what they do and then you realize, okay, that's kind of weird. I need to figure out who I am. Um, and then you have to be also be okay with, it took me years to be okay with like talking about my own beliefs. Um, cause like, you know, I believe education's a scam. There's a lot of things that I don't like. And it took me a long time to be able to talk about that. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't want to be political. It's like, well, that's not political. It's like people care about that. Sure. So like you, you kind of get better at communicating. You get better and more comfortable with who you are um, really just by showing up and having more conversations. Um, so, so, so that's what it's been like for me, just having more conversations, you know, realizing that, you know, the impact that I'm making with people, um, they can only have an impact from you. They can't have it from like this, this facsimile of you, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. I have uh, two final questions, which are my favorite questions that have <laughs> nothing to do with what we're talking about. But before we do that, you know, yeah. what are you most excited about right now? And how can you help some of our listeners command their brand? Oh, gosh. Um, what am I most excited about in what perspective, though? Because I am I, I am very excited to watch Tom Brady on Sunday. So, um, <laughs> so, so, so there, there's that aspect of it. Um, but what am I very excited about right now is I'm actually putting together a book called Extraordinary. Um, you know, I'm working with a publisher. It's based on um, cool. the 800 plus amazing guests I've had and how adversity can change your life. Absolutely. Um, so that's really what I'm most excited about right now. Um, 
you know, in terms of, you know, commanding your brand, that's what we do. So if people want help with that, they should, you know, definitely look into command your brand. Wonderful. <laughs> All that will be linked in these show notes. I have a segment called Unsung Hero. And we think about, you know, being great, making an impact in the world, all that stuff. Sometimes our mind sure. immediately goes to the successful CEO who's made millions of dollars or this influencer, or this Tom Brady, whatever it may be. Um, <laughs> our mind automatically goes there. And uh, it's what's interesting is the more people I talk to about who has really impacted your life, it's mm -hmm. not always, but often uh, someone that you've never heard of, someone who's not famous, someone who's not even on Instagram. Uh, if you were to go back in your life and if there's one person or a moment that really sticks out in your mind of something that was super influential for you, something that was mm -hmm. said or done for you, who would you say was your unsung bro? Can I have three? Because like, no. I, I, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. I, I yes, sure. So, sure. <laughs> well, because I, I talked to my, I, I don't want to offend any of the other teachers in my life if they're listening to this, but uh. like, but like I've had, out of all the teachers in my life, I've only actually learned something from three of them. <laughs> you know, I had the most incredible, uh, history teacher in high school and we were on different sides of the political arm, argue, um, argument but what she actually did is she gave you information and let you make your own decision that is incredible because you're learning how to think and not what to think and that is an incredible skill um i mentioned um i had another teacher in high school um that um he basically had us read a lot of like very particular books like brave new world like 1984 um and it really kind of opened my 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 eyes to a lot of things and you know where things can go so that was really cool and then also that college professor i mentioned dr lake um dr lake is probably the coolest human being i've gotten a chance to meet and he's really infected my life in a big way number one because he gave me more of a love for history than i already had but number two because he showed me the podcast world that i didn't know about so like yeah. that was very incredible i love that i i didn't ask you about real quick I'm, I'm like a pastor you know you go to church and they're like this is my last point take me to church <laughs> always do this to people. So forgive me, but uh, clubhouse and podcasting, just yeah. overall thoughts about that. I don't, I've heard some people be like, Oh, clubhouse is going to take over podcasting and all this stuff. What are your thoughts on it? I don't know. I'm kind of like a slacker. Like I know, t I like, um, I know Tony Watley has been like crushing it with clubhouse. Um, I've kind of struggled getting my feet into it and mainly because like, and I just think it's cause my life's been so busy right now. So I've had trouble like yeah. sitting on a lot of those things. Like, you know, we're moving our parents. Uh, my business yeah. has been fast expanding. I'm doing a lot of podcast episodes. Like um, I've gotten a few talks here and there. I haven't gotten to do a ton. Um, so I think part of it is I just really haven't taken full advantage of it, honestly. Um, I think there's always going to be a, a place for things like podcasts because people do like, um, you know, a pre-recorded medium that they can listen to when they want to, where they want to. So I think there's yeah. always a place for that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting to see where it is. It goes because I know, um, recently, um, I was, I was on a podcast and, um, he, he was talking about like actually putting his podcast on clubhouse while he's doing, which is kind of interesting as well. Cause it kind of add the interactive, uh, characteristics to it. But once again, it's more coordination, like our guests available right. when you want to do that and stuff like right. that. So right. I don't know it remains to be seen. I think there's places for different mediums. I think that's relieving answer because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like you or I'm like, Oh, I know I should be doing more clubhouse, but I'm not good on social media. Like I kind of suck. Like, and it's because like, that. well, because like, Oh, Facebook stories or Instagram stories. It's like, I forget, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> my life yeah. isn't interesting. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> okay. Very last question. I promise you, I want to, first of all, thank you, Jeremy, for your time, but also to, uh, the, the amount of people sing your praises and the good work that you're doing in this world. It's so freaking awesome. And it's cool that you're bringing your family in, in the game with it, because I hear you talk a lot about your family. And I think that's super cool as a, as a mom and a wife and all that stuff. So thanks for sharing that part of yourself you. as well. But very last question, let's say we were to 
go back in time to this young man who hadn't really entered into the podcasting space just yet. He was wrestling with what he was going to do for the rest of his life. He's studying all this Roman stuff and trying to figure out his place in this world. If you were to go back and sit with that young man and tell him one thing that you know now that he did not know back then, what would that be? I just say, enjoy the ride, man. Don't resist it. You know what I mean? I was somebody who was always resisting each individual step of the ride. Just, you know, enjoy it, embrace it. And you're going to learn a lot from it. You're going to have your ups and downs, but you know, enjoy the ride, man. Don't, you know, embrace it. Don't resist it. Word. Y'all listen, this, listen, listen, listen. Jeremy talked about this and I just want to highlight it. What separates your voice, whether it be through gusting or hosting a show from all those in the crowd. Now, Now, granted, I know you're special. Okay. We all know you're special. But we've got to become more clear of who we are speaking to, how we help them. And if we can't answer who this is not for, we definitely don't know who this is for. So join me in a challenge this week. Look over your show. Look over your one sheet speaking page. Make sure you are crystal clear on who you're speaking to and how you offer value. Being clear is generous. I love that Jeremy brought that home for us today. Make sure you connect with him over at commandyourbrand.com. And I want to hear from you. What are some future topics? What are some questions that you have? How can we serve unconventional leaders this year? Please text me. It's 501-214-4307. Let me know your thoughts. Again, that is 501-214-4307. We love you. We're in your corner. See you soon.